Hello? What's up, girl? What happened after Tony dumped you? Girl, I'm over it. I went from heartbreak to hate. Hey, hey, hey. Bob. How's life? Life is lifing. <laughs> it doesn't work as well for life, but you've if you've heard on like TikTok how they'll say the math ain't mathing. Uh, no, you haven't. That's not a thing. <sighs> uh, it's only on my side. Okay, that's fine. Uh, Just leave me out here by myself. There are many different sides to TikTok. There are many different sides, but um, <laughs> lifing. Well, they, nobody does the lifing. I've tried a thing and it didn't work. But I'm saying, like, you know, oh, okay. if like something doesn't add up, like people will be, they'll be like, the math ain't mathing, and you haven't heard oh, that. Oh, so like before. the pod ain't podcasting. <laughs> yeah, yeah, like that. Okay, I got it, got it. <laughs> you know, I try. I'm I a try couple years older than Joy, so <laughs> sometimes she's gotta, you know, she's gotta speak to me like I'm one of those people. <laughs> Don't even do it. Don't even try. I'm not hip and cool like I used See, to be, See, I knew folks. you were going there and just tried to stop you, and you still went. That's fine. That's fine. <sighs> if it wasn't self-deprecation, would it be the podcast? <laughs> um, so, before we get into today's podcast, I'd like mm-hmm. to... Why don't you tell the, the youngins at home what you've been into, what you've been doing lately. You've been doing something. Uh, on your YouTube. Oh! <laughs> hint, hint. <laughs> Thank you. I appreciate that. Cause yeah. now, now that the kids will know that we do not practice these things in advance. <laughs> no, not at all. <laughs> like anybody listens to the show and thinks we like have a script. <laughs> not at all. No. I don't think anybody thinks. No. That. But uh, yeah, I started putting meditations up on my YouTube channel. Fun. So I have uh, two different ones and. Uh, you might know the person who helped me come up with the music tracks for those. <laughs> um, humble brag. Don't know who you're talking right, about. Right, right. So Bob and I together are the Foxy Blonde Black Belt. And um, we came up with two different tracks for uh, two different meditations, which... The first one is is cute and it's wonderful, but the second one that I did is the one I'm the most yeah. proud of because it is called I've Had It. So you know, like when they piss you off at work and you have had it, this is the meditation for you. Um, I'm proud of both meditations because they're only like five minutes, so you can't tell me you don't have time. Right. But the I've, I've Had It one, you start from anger. You start with a lot of hands, movements, and then... We'll slow you down and get you. Throwing hands, as throw the kids hands. say. <laughs> you will be throwing hands. Um, <laughs> it's an interesting meditation music. The first one we did was very light, airy, very yeah. meditation. The <laughs> second one was like the flight of the bumblebee. It's kind of frantic. If you don't know what that is, I don't even know if that's right. I don't even know. That, I don't think that's right, but I knew what you meant. Okay. But flight of some kind of animal. But it's it's it is it's very crazy, and you're like what? And then there's this crash that happens, and then you get kind of ethereal with it. So. Yeah, a good way to get rid of some of your uh, anger and um, yeah, just get it out there. Yeah. So if you release it, if you need ether. to meditate, just look for "I've Had It" by Joy Brownridge, and yeah. uh, 
I, d I don't have I'm not don't have a strong army or anything, but it's really just for anybody that's interested. I'm not trying to be a superstar. By no, means. she's not a licensed meditation area. <laughs> That's right. I don't have my certification. She doesn't have a certification. She's not a doctor <laughs> in meditation, as apparently you have to have that. But I'm just a 12-year practitioner. That's she's all. just been doing it longer than any <laughs> Becky out on the YouTube. So just give it a look and take it. Yeah, get some relaxation. Get some anger relaxation. Because I don't. I don't feel like anybody's out there doing that. Right. Nobody is. Everybody's like. Like I've seen people be like, if you're, you know, you want meditation, go get some fried chicken. Like. Anger means go eat something, but this is actually anger meditation. Yeah. And it's a thing. I look it's forward to doing thing. more unique ones, so. Yes. Like toilet meditation. <laughs> I don't know. We'll get there. We'll figure it out. So this episode is an informational episode. Mm -hmm. Um decided we were gonna call it my informed life. Which I don't know if you all know we've been doing that throughout the year, this last year. I mean, we're on the ninth episode, so, like, we're getting close to actually being a year of just doing it on once a month, which has been kind of crazy, which has been really good because a lot of things have happened in our lives mm -hmm. that um, kind of needed that break. So, and then kind of give us, we're artistic people. We do other things, like we create music. We create meditation videos. So, we need time to do things like that. So, if you do get sad that you don't hear us that often. You can always re-listen <laughs> because <laughs> that helps us out too with algorithms. You can also tell all your friends that you're um, at, at your fondue parties that you're going to be having soon <laughs> that to fun. listen to this podcast <laughs> and like get us out there. Because, you know, even though we've had almost 8,000 listens to our, our podcast, I feel, and it's, you know, worldwide, I feel like we could still be bigger. We could. And just because, why not? Because we're we. <laughs> we are we. So. Can we make that our new motto? We are we. We are we. <laughs> yeah. So. Anyway. So yeah. today's episode mm -hmm. is about HIV. It is. And uh, a little genesis of this podcast. Um, a couple months ago, I went to a very small birthday party for a friend. And uh, people were discussing how negatively people were reacting to COVID, right? And one person said, well, they're acting like COVID is HIV. And I had to chime in there because I felt at this point they just didn't understand HIV and where it's at today comparatively. So I said, except for people actually die from COVID. Yeah. And they're not dying from HIV. <laughs> so that's, that's still out there, but like, significantly less deaths from HIV. So I thought that we would give this podcast a lot of information um, on HIV, current treatments, things to do to not get HIV, um, beyond condoms, <laughs> beyond abstinence. There are some um, things out there that we could we're going to talk about and just give some statistics and show that HIV is not where we were in 1984 anymore. And the stigma around it kind of needs to go away. And people who have HIV, the stigma towards them needs to go away as well. So let's get some facts. We're going to do a whole science episode with real science. People are extremely excited about the real science and statistics in this. I joke about science, but I really do enjoy science a lot. We both do. Yes. We're both 
science numbers people, yes. science nerds. So like, I follow science geeks on TikTok. I'm that motherfucker. Yeah, I mean, I watch Science <laughs> Channel all day long, but um, sadly, like they s- they like do Bigfoot and stuff. <laughs> like, I don't know. I'm like some of these science shows aren't really science. It's kind of like the Learning Channel. There's really not a lot of learning no, going on there anymore. But no, hey, once Honey Boo Boo hit, TLC was no longer the yep. Learning Channel. So. Okay, anyway. one thing we want to say about the science. Science. I don't know if you want to hit that button oh, again. Oh, sure. Just science, 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 science. It makes you happy. Mm-hmm. Um, is that, try though we might, some of these stats are a little bit older. So, I don't want to go into yeah. a super long rant about why people can't update their stats and give us more current numbers. Like they've been working on a fucking pandemic or something. Uh, they didn't have other shit to do. Oh, go ahead. No, I, I don't. I don't know. I don't have <laughs> any excuses for it. I mean, a lot of my information came from the CDC um, and other supplemental uh, HIV and AIDS websites. Yeah. So like HIV gov. Yeah. And they're still, they're still low. They're a few years old. But so like 2018 is about the average age of our stats. So, yeah. but. Um, much better than you said than what people were thinking, you know, twenty. I have to do the math. Twenty, twenty-five years ago. Yeah. Um. Yes. So, let me kick us off. All right. All right. <laughs> did you Did you like the way I? She really snapped it around. Whipped it. You can't see it. I'm like whipping it so us into in Stat City. I really do have to get like a visual component to this. Okay. Marinate on it. Anyways, um, in 2018. Uh, black. It says black slash African American people, but we're just insert black at all times. That's what I'm gonna do, okay. um, because unfortunately a lot of these are also U.S. stats. Correct. Um, so I'm sorry. I did think about you. The rest of the world is just it was like so much more prevalent to find the U.S. stats for me. So I apologize. Um, but 13 percent. We c- black people count for 13 percent of the U.S. population, but 42 percent of the new HIV cases. Wow. Okay. And um, among all women, black women account for the largest share, being about 58% in 2018 again of the new diagnoses, and 14 times the rate of white women, or five times the rate of Latinas. So um, we can get into that more, but yeah. it there is still a significant problem in the black community where I feel that we don't have a lot of information, don't receive as much right. of it. Well, that's a U.S. thing. We'll get into right. that, too. But when you were telling me the story of the party, I remember I said, yeah, we absolutely should do a show about this because mm-hmm. as a straight woman, I feel like I don't hear a lot of the information either. I feel like no. there's a lot of information that you're privy to that just doesn't make it. And unless I was to search out for it, how would I know? And. I mean, I know that uh, I didn't read your statistics, but just to add on top of that statistic mm-hmm. of females, yeah, these are more than likely straight females, right? Because it's a very minuscule number of possible HIV from in a, in a female to female. Mm-hmm. And I did read that in yeah. my stats, so I didn't. Thank you for clarifying. I yeah, did so read that. Yeah. So, then s- but it brings back a whole point. This is a large number of people who are not in the know about HIV still, even though it's been the public consciousness in America since 1981. So so we're 40 years into it here in America. And I'm going to give you some history on it here in a minute. And even in the South, so one more thing, 
Uh, regionally, the South accounts for the majority of blacks who are diagnosed. 63% of the new diagnoses of black people in the South. In the South. And this is important because I we will talk about, you know, the South. Like, it all gets into sex education. It all gets into education, period. And while the U.S. lags in a lot of areas overall, regionally there are big differences as well. Regionally, yeah. And a lot of, I mean, honestly, sex education in school districts typically are up to how the parents feel about the sex education. Mm -hmm. uh, the South being a little more prevalent with uh, religion preaching abstinence over any sexual. Right. I mean, so like a lot of times there's, le there's just no education going on and a lot of times e we both took sex ed right mm -hmm. so like my, my sex ed was definitely didn't cover gay sex um Come on now. <laughs> and like uh mm -hmm. hiv was listed as an std not an sti so like you know there's been there's a major difference between like how it's perceived as well because people really don't want to talk about hiv like people yeah. don't want to talk about it mm -hmm. there's so, such a stigma behind it that no one wants to discuss it at all so yeah Okay, so I'm good on my stats for now. Okay, I'll let you sure. hit us with the science. So I'm going to go back in time, time, Ooh. time, time, <laughs> time. You don't have a sound effect for we it. We don't. So I just said 1981 was when a few cases uh, became a, came about in the United States, in New York, and California. But did you know that HIV has been around since the 1920s? A hundred years, people. We're talking a hundred years. And th they're sure it was the same thing? Yes. Okay. Because how HIV became a thing was it crossed from humans, from chimps who have simian Im uh, immunodeficiency virus, which is SIV. Mm -hmm. So they actually have it, and people who hunt and eat chimps. And so, like, eating, you know, monkeys' brains, things like that. Yeah. Like, that's how they've traced back to where it's come from. And so, from the 1920s, and this is, I don't, you know, don't want to put a big thing, but it's from the Congo, where they do have a lot of people who just still do eat uh, monkey brains, even today. Yeah. Um, and so, uh, they, their studies concluded that it took place in the 1920s mm -hmm. in the Congo, and then made it into a major transport area in Kinshasa, which is mm -hmm. in the Congo, yep. which was a place for real rivers, railways, so people were traveling in and out of that part of the country, and there was a high population of migrant uh, and sex trade going on okay. at the time in the 30s. And by the time the 30s happened, there was, a, there was a case, which they can now be attributed to HIV, because it has to go backwards, right? Right. And then they were able to see that that's, like, by the 30s, it was coming out of ah, Congo. Okay. They did find some a man whose uh, blood sample, who was frozen, <laughs> somehow they were able to get their blood DNA sample from this person from 1959 that actually had HIV. Like, it showed that they had HIV, and that kind of led them into this search for, okay. so this is all science. These are all science people. I trust them more than I trust Ronald Reagan, and so, um, <laughs> and so, like, we really didn't see it here in the United States, and we didn't even know it was HIV in 1981 until people started having rare cancers and rare lung infections, which the doctors were like, how does this person get this? Right. And then found out that HIV, of course, causes, you know, an immune, immune problem, problem yeah. so it creates 
things in your body where you could get these rare diseases. And that's how the stair step eventually became to actually saying HIV by 1982. And then by the end of 1982, September around that year, they decided that it was no longer just gay. And so, you know, the hemophiliacs could get it through blood transfusion and heroin users could just get it through heroin use sharing needles. So, I mean, that's pretty quick. That's a year. But, like, growing up, you know, as a gay person, I was always teased about getting AIDS. Mm-hmm. I mean, HIV, really, people didn't talk about They said AIDS more than HIV. But, like, I didn't know that. I didn't either. <laughs> like, a whole year. Like, it only took a year for them to find out that it wasn't just the gay disease. Like, it was said so it was hard. It not publicized that way. No. Like, it was so hard ingrained into us that only gay guys actually got this. Like, mm. it was a gay male disease. And so, it's, yeah, it's a virus anyway, not even a disease. Anyway, um, so, like you said, 2018 stats is what we have. So, there were current, there in 2018, there were 1 million almost a million and uh, 40,000 people living with HIV in the U.S. And in that year, almost uh, 38,000 newly diagnosed cases of HIV. So HIV is still uh, spreading, um, like they said, about an average of 37 to 40,000 cases a year. So, um, and it goes into what, like, puts into your stats and perspective of how many are black males in the Mm -hmm. South and then females in the South as well. So. And it's kind of crazy. Um, I'm going to take us on a quick deviation from. We always deviate. <laughs> we like to deviate from the stats. And because when I was doing the research, I came across uh, myths that people have heard about that apparently still been around Ooh. as recently for sure as like 2015, 2016. Things that people still believe. Okay. That you could get it from a toilet seat. That you can get it from shaking hands. Mm. There are still people who, if somebody's diagnosed in their family, will not let them drink from the cups and the plate or use the plates in their house and have them on, like, paper cups and plates. Because wow. they think they can get it from drinking from the same cup. Um, that someone with AIDS coughing in the same room as you, and obviously this is before masks and everything, right. could give it to you. Uh, that taking a contraceptive pill means that you can't get it. I didn't know that one was still out in these streets. Oh, no, I have a, I have an underlying statement to say here. Okay. <laughs> Later okay. on, that, that, <laughs> why I have to say that statement is why people still believe that out there in the streets. And then, obviously, the most offensive and the one that you've probably heard the most, that it's a gay or African disease. So these are the things that are still out there. That right. People and honestly, though, um, when you get your blood te- when you get your blood drawn to donate they ask if you are a gay male um if you say yes you're a gay male they ask you the question this is a ridiculous question have you ever had sex with a man since 1975 which yeah. that's the year i was born so yes <laughs> right and yes 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 <laughs> like what's what's you know yeah it's a ridiculous question but th- also a question is asked of women is if you had sex with a a black male like they and I don't know if they changed that I think they've changed that but like 20 years ago that was a thing that was asked because mm-hmm. I remember throwing a big fit because we had this blood drive at a, w- at a workplace and I donated because you know I care 
about human beings. But um, I really just wanted to see what my blood type was. Um, <laughs> and so I was complaining about it outside smoking, as I would. And then somebody else was like, yeah. And they asked, like, you know, about black, if I had sex with a black. And I was just like, um, like, you have to test the blood, people. Like, even if you don't, even if you're not high risk of anything, your blood is tested before it's given to Absolutely. anybody. So there's no reason that no one should not be, everyone should be able to give blood. Yeah, well, let's just leave that. <laughs> um, I didn't. Well, let's not just leave it. Okay. Because I didn't until last year, I think it was. You know, the year's blur. For sure, within the last two years when you and I were talking about it, didn't realize right. that in general, sexually active gay men are not really allowed to donate because of all these silly rules. Like, mm-hmm. I was, you know, it's just like one of those things you feel like isn't a, couldn't possibly be a thing. So then you hear it and you're like, what? Yeah, well, even that, if the question is still not 1975, which is ridiculous, but even if I was celibate for eight years uh, or, you know, I had a, you know, gotten out of a relationship or my my husband passed away so I never found love again, and you're asking me if I ever had sex, even if I hadn't had sex 10 years, yeah, like that's that's my entire life. Have I ever had sex? Right. It's almost like to make you feel like you shouldn't be having sex. Yeah, and that's the whole thing. It's like. And so I don't donate ever. I won't until every state's that's I will not. Like yeah. someone out there dying, sorry about your boo, but you ain't getting my blood. <laughs> <laughs> There's two things I'll stand on, that blood donation and Chick-fil-A. That'll never die for me, never. Um, <laughs> do you have anything else to say on those? No, those were my only myth. I, th- those were the most ridiculous ones that I kind of found and was just like, Wow, this is really people are still on that. Okay, again with our education. And that's the whole thing. So that everyone thinks as soon as you know you, it's a stair step situation. Like you get HIV and then boom, you have AIDS and you're dead. Like that's what people believe mm-hmm. because that was a reality in the yeah, 80s. It was, yeah. Um, most times we never heard anybody had HIV. We heard people were you know dying of AIDS, mm-hmm. and um, all these actors and. And people in the media that were, you know, passing away most gay men or secretly gay men, um, they were all passing away. But that's not the case today. And so, like, part of this episode, I definitely wanted to give to HIV treatments, um, which are anti-retroviral therapy. Look at you saying it. Our art. Uh, You know, I can't say words a lot. Um, There is not... An effective cure, because it's an immune mm-hmm. virus. So there's, like, things with the immune system really c- – there's very few things can be found with cures. Anyway, but with proper medication, you can control your HIV. Most people can get the virus under control within six months, and uh, the amount of HIV in the blood is called a viral load. Mm-hmm. I don't know if we made that. We'll add a glossary at the end of all this, but we might. Um, <laughs> and HIV medicine can make the viral load – very low called viral suppression Mm -hmm. okay and upon viral suppression it means that you have less than 200 copies of hiv per milliliter of blood so we know hiv an immune system uh, virus it attacks your blood cells and then essentially duplicates itself into your system and that's how it gets into your system so taking your viral load down to the less than 200 copies you get to the point where you can't even be tested positive for HIV right. because there's that much less in your system, and that's considered undetectable. 
Which can we pause very yeah. quickly? Another thing I didn't realize until maybe three years ago. Um, one of the hosts of one of those Netflix shows. Mm, that one. Yeah, well, you know. <laughs> yeah. Neither here nor there. Doing an interview, and the person was asking them about uh, living with HIV, and said, "Well, I'm undetectable," and I was like, "Right." That's a thing. Again, things that I. Because this is the thing. I like to think in general, I'm not a dummy, and I know a, I know a decent amount She's of things. She's got TikTok, y'all. She ain't stupid. <laughs> Fuck you. Um, <laughs> but no, I mean, it's not like, you know, all I do is read Star and Inquirer, for fuck's sakes. And I had never heard of it. I just, I think a lot of these things don't make it into the mainstream at all. Well, and I'm, I'm the same with you. I mean, honestly... I was in a long-term committed relationship, and when you're in a long-term committed relationship in gay world, you kind of cut off from all the things that you have to know. Mm. Like, HIV was not something I was scared of. It was not something I was concerned with. Yes, the 20 years prior to that, it was definitely a concern every single time. Yeah. But, like, in a committed relationship where you know you're not sleeping with each, you know, other people, like, that's not something you don't even get tested. You don't even care about things like that. This is in the back of your mind. So this coming up, a lot of these treatments, a lot of these medications are relatively new. And mm. in that time, I, I was I was unaware as well until I, until I became single again and started reading some people's profiles where they were saying undetectable. I'm like, oh, what's undetectable mean? So going out and finding it out. Um, the main key to being undetectable mm. is you can effectively have – you effectively have no risk of transferring HIV. Yeah. I was reading about that. I was like, that's awesome. So it's like you – so like there's still a stigma behind people who have HIV, obviously. And in the dating world, people are still struggling with that, unfortunately, because other people are so scared of that, right? So, But if someone's undetectable, they're not going to transmit it to you anyway in most cases. Now, everything is not 100%, so don't take those words to us, meaning everything's 100%. But – like lose the stigma behind that. Yeah. Like I'm, I'm gonna be flat out. And I, I, when I was talking about this episode, I'm like, I'm gonna be completely honest. I have had sexual intercourse with people who are undetectable, and have not been scared about that afterwards. I obviously get tested um, multiple times a year. We'll talk more about that later. But like, I don't, I don't, I don't see that as a negative for a human being. Like, right. Saying you're born brown. I don't know. <laughs> I guess people are out here saying they won't sleep with people of different races and stuff. So, does it surprise me? No. But gay people, come on. Gay people, come on. <laughs> it seemed like you were about to have a moment. I was like, should I leave the room? You and the gay people. No, I don't know. No, 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 it's fine. Uh, I just had to say something slightly ridiculous. Give us a. Moment of levity. Yeah, no problem. Okay. <laughs> so let's see. What else? What else? What else? Um, okay. So besides the – do you want to talk about, about how stupid we are in the U.S.? I mean, I'll phrase it differently. The lack of education and sources, resources. I feel like the education is available. It's the retaining mm. of the education. Now, I understand you don't have to retain every bit of knowledge. Right. Because as a differently, you know, I had a learning disability. So, like, I learned differently. 
I didn't grow up at a time where learning disabilities existed. Like, either if you had a learning disability and it was so prevel- prevalent, you were in a special education classes. Mm-hmm. Was I that in second grade? Yes, I was. But that was a different school, and I was so far behind. But, like, with my learning disabilities, I could still learn. Right. I just couldn't write it. I couldn't memorize it, mm-hmm. but I couldn't write it. So maybe that's the problem. Maybe people, m- more people need learning disabilities and <laughs> be able to have a better <laughs> education system. I don't know. Maybe so. But I think, like, you – to go back to – so it's not even just having the information or having classes available for all, um, you know, honestly, middle schoolers and high schoolers because, you know, the kids are starting young. you got to start the knowledge young. But – and I'm not going to say it's in every, it's all the southern states, but we all know, we all at least know one person who had a kid in junior high. Come on. Right. That we do. <laughs> so, like, sex as needed. We all were marching around junior high, and there was at least one person yes. in overalls just eight months pregnant. Eight months pregnant. Um, but continuing on, I don't know, I, I'll let you speak for the white community in a minute. But for black people, there's still so much stigma around so many things. Like, I'm trying to, like, bridge that without sounding like a really old woman. You're trying to make a a bridge and poly. (laughs) People aren't going to understand that reference. And they aren't, but I know it's (laughs) You know what I'm talking about. No, I do. That Disney movie starring Keisha Knight Pulliam. Absolutely. Remake of Pollyanna. Polly, check it out. Polly. Build a bridge. You can't even find Polly anymore. No. Oh, anyways. But I'm trying to build a bridge. But, like, the thing is, um, if you go on here and you look at, if you read these stats and, and the problems, somebody scientific will say, well, it's a lack of access to things and poverty and blah, 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 blah. More importantly is, like, the culture around it and specifically for black people like it's still hard for black men to be openly gay openly bi absolutely forget it forget it because if you say you're bi you're gay absolutely that's what black people still think yes um and you know there's also this idea that um you know like what family's supposed to be what sexual relations are supposed to look like and there's a lot of ways in which people are becoming more open and they're talking about being poly and pan and all these mm-hmm. things, but there's so much repression mm-hmm. specifically in our community. That's the only one I can speak about. Cause it's the only one I'm a part of. Right. Um, that I think all of that leads to this idea of, you know, if I push the idea away that I could even get it, it'll never happen to me. I'll never go get tested for it. I know so many people who've never even thought to be tested for that. Cause you know, if you go, to your doctor and you say, and you're a straight person, right? If you if you walk into the doctor and say, well, you know, I'd like to get tested. I broke up with somebody. I'd like to get tested. Um, they'll ask you specifically. It's not like they're just going to run a full panel. You know what right. I mean? Of everything they got. They'll be like, well, you probably only need. Like, they're just going to choose, pick and choose which things you might need. I know Which would probably be what, like, like chlamydia, chlamydia, gonorrhea. And gonorrhea. And that's. Yes. Yeah, and and it's almost like this HIV component is a separate thing that you have to request. So, I mean, there's just, I feel like there's so many aspects, there's so many reasons what make it harder for us to stay informed and to fully prepare ourselves. You know what I mean? Which is so beyond me. So let's talk about that for a second. Because 
there were a couple times during my long-term relationship that I was in a ho- I was hospitalized. So I had a mini stroke in 2009. I was hospitalized for an entire week. Um, I had no reason to have any kind of HIV or AIDS scare at that time, mm-hmm. three years into my relationship. But in my head, I assumed that all the blood work that they would be doing on me would at some point pinpoint whether or not I was HIV positive. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And like to me th- and when you and you're going to see doctors normally, you get blood work done and stuff like that. Yep. Like I just imagine that should be like the f- not the first thing, but it should be in the f- in, in the things. They're, they're busy checking stuff yes. off. You're like, why wouldn't they just check that off? In too? the things because it's an immune virus. Yeah. So like it can cause issues for so many like like I said earlier, it was causing cancers that people weren't having anymore. Like it was those things were coming up and it's just like why wouldn't that be a top li- and it maybe it is and we just don't know. But I I don't think it is. I don't it's not and I and here's why. Because you know now they have all these portals and so you go in after you get tested and you see all the things that they checked and ran. True. And I have to have this quite often. Yes. And so I'm here to tell you for the last five, five seven years, yeah. they ain't been checking none of that. Yeah. You have to specifically request it. Now, again, I realize I might be being treated different because all my paperwork says I'm straight. You know what I mean? And wha- you know what I mean? So that's I mean, there's still a bias things. that exists in there the medical is. field. But yeah. Absolutely. So anyways, those are my thoughts from that aspect. Your thoughts. I I I mean yes. <laughs> <laughs> I mean I get it from your like your perspective uh you know the black perspective. Um I feel like white people live in a separate pocket dimension whereas black people kind of have things where they're not thinking about worrying about pushing aside. Mm-hmm. White people have that it'll never happen to me syndrome. Mm. Which is everything, right? It's gun control. It's all that thing. These things will never happen to me. Yeah. They only happen to people in big cities. They only happen to people, and now we've just said they happen more in the South. I live in New York State. Yeah. It ain't going to happen to me. It's going to happen to someone in Alabama. R- so right. we live in that. We have that kind of interdimension <laughs> that, like, creates our white picket fences around our house that says we're safe in here. Yeah. And – that those things only happens like people only get shot in Chicago. Mm-hmm. And for those that don't know, we're closest to Chicago's the biggest city. Correct. But statistically, East St. Louis is worse. Anyway, love you, East St. Louis. Hi, family. <laughs> um, but that's the whole thing. It's like we live in that pocket dimension where things don't happen to us, and that's why you always see people on the news, white people on the news, like, I never thought it would <laughs> happen to me. <laughs> I never thought my <laughs> daughter would be kidnapped. Or I never thought I would kidnap my daughter and kill her myself. Like, th- th- like those things, you know, it's seriously, yeah. those are like white people problems because we live with blinders on. And that's part of the reason why we can't understand. Um, and when I say we, I'm excluding myself. <laughs> um, we can't understand a black experience in America because it's not our problem. Right. And so a lot of people just, that's how we live. So, yes, HIV is exactly one of those things. Do we know about syphilis and chlamydia and gonorrhea? 
Absolutely, because we've all probably had at least one of the three, and that's that's a that's a big thing in 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 white culture is like. It's still shameful, but is it still shameful? Like I don't like I know yeah. people who joke about the STDs, yeah, STIs. I don't think had. it's considered shameful anymore. No, and oh. like and I don't. I personally feel like there's no shame. Yes, I've had STIs before, but I also feel like, in a sex positive way, we should be talking about it because if someone knows that I've had it, then they know they can get it, mm-hmm. and so therefore it becomes more human and more right. relatable. You're so like I've it can happen. It to can you. happen to you. Check check. Only two, <laughs> um, but so that's the whole thing. Is like I feel like part of my job here as a podcaster, if it's my job, to is to be relatable and to tell stories from my perspective. So, all right. And that's that was a, that was a segue. I, I figured, and I was like, so I was just standing back for the magic to happen. Yes. So let's talk about prep. Prep, prep, prep is. Me. Pre, which means before, mm-hmm. if you didn't know. <laughs> Thank you. The extra E is exposure, coming into contact with HIV, and prophylaxis, which is the treatment to prevent the infection from happening. So that's what PrEP stands for. Mm-hmm. Um, PrEP has been essentially around since 2012, and uh, the users have increased by 1,700% since 2012. This is also a 2018 statistic. So still three years old. But an average increase of 55% per year. Wow. Um, If you consistently take it correctly, which is every single day at the same time, it is 92 to 97% effective of reducing your risk of HIV, whether or not you use a condom. So if you use a condom and you're on PrEP, it's it's like birth control. You, you know, I was go. thinking that was making that thing like every girl that's like on birth control is like, okay, now you also need to use a condom because I'm trying to figure out how to get over 100. Right. <laughs> like, you know, that statistic. <laughs> but that's, and that's the thing is like PrEP is essentially, I mean, medical doctors, you can excuse my ignorance, but it's essentially like a birth control for HIV. Yeah. So it's to make your, your blood system not able to have HIV enter yeah. into yeah. it. Receive so. it. Yeah. Receive it. Yeah. Absolutely. You gotta make it relatable. I, yeah. I, I'm on board. I'm ready for this class. Give me more. <laughs> so, there are two major types of um, prep. I read that there's multiples, but I could not see multiples in my search. I could only come across two. Mm-hmm. I will. Um, I only make the distinction be- between two of them because two of them, uh, one of them is not for a certain type of person, and one of them are. So, um, I will say Truvada is effective for all people, including people who are assigned female at birth. Um, And it's safe to take during pregnancy and while breastfeeding. While Descovy, which is the prep that I'm on, it is not shown to be effective for people assigned female at birth. So there's not enough studies to prove that it is effective. So so typically if you're a, a female wanting to get on prep, you would go the Truvada route. Obviously, talk to a doctor. Don't go in and say, Bob said <laughs> I need this Truvada. Um, <laughs> right. <laughs> because um, you have to be tested for HIV, obviously, before you can be on PrEP because it's not going to be effective for you if you're HIV positive. Right. So um, PrEP, this was my highlighted, underlined thing that I had to say because I know I have to say it. 
PrEP does not protect against STIs, like gonorrhea, chlamydia, or syphilis, and does not prevent pregnancy. Right. So let's, I mean, I know that all these commercials have to say the 40,000 things that it'll do to you, mm-hmm. but um, it is it's something that, like, we have to say. And you've already said it. You've already said part of it, but I just mm-hmm. want to. Oh, no, no, absolutely. I mean, it's one of those things, like. When you when you're reading instructions on the back of like a shampoo bottle or something, mm-hmm. and then it says you know rinse, it's like it's got all these things. You're like, did you really have to put that on there? Yes, we did. We had to make it clear because so we have people do. with gorilla gorilla glue on their head. Absolutely. So 2021. You tell us <laughs> what it doesn't work on. Absolutely. All right. So. Hit me. Give me more. So fun. Mm-hmm. Let's see. Um, we're going to sh- give a shout-out to Mr.com. That's M-I-S-T-R.com. That is the um, the system I use for getting prep. Um, uh, really, you get your prep for free at Mr.com, essentially. Um, there's no doctor's office, no needles, no paperwork, and it has free delivery. Um, you're asking me, how does this happen, Bob? Because that's not realistic in the world. Tell us more. Um, Go to mister.com and check it out and so you can see all the details. But es- essentially, you um, you do an at-home kit, which I just did one yesterday. Um, I've been on prep for them since December, and so this is my three-month checkup. Um, every three months, you have to do another checkup to make sure you're still HIV negative. It also tests for all STIs as well. Right. Um, and also tests your... Um, uh, yeah, no, no, sorry. <laughs> I was thinking of something. You went blank. I went blank <laughs> completely. Um, it, it tests all for STIs and for HIV. And so you do this at-home kit, uh, which, well, let's discuss it, right? So a little blood drawn for HIV, mm-hmm. a little pee for stuff that might be happening in your pee area, okay. uh, a little swab for the back of your throat for things that might be happening in the back of your throat area. Okay. And this is the one that Joy doesn't enjoy, but a little rectal swab for things that might be happening in your rectum, which you can also use for a vaginal swab as well. So just, I, but I think it depends on the person. And since I use Descovy and that's through the Mr. Mr. I feel like that's, it's more geared towards gay males, but I could be wrong. Tell me I'm wrong. Mr.com. And so that's cool. You do all that. You get your test results back. Um, you really just fill out a, like a thing. It's all online. Um, I have to have a doctor's visit, mm-hmm. which is a virtual visit through Zoom. Um, it's very short, brief. They just check, you know, how you're doing and if you're on it and like your stats and ask you a couple questions. Like I told you before, it was literally the quickest doctor's appointment I have, but that's only because I live in the state of Illinois. So it's different for each state. Some states don't have to have it. Some states you do. And then they send you your prep. I mean, honestly, I don't know why people, why everybody wouldn't do this. I don't either. Because you, you have me at the test itself will not only test you for HIV, but all STIs. Why would, like, as we just got through saying, this doesn't happen normally. And d- given your insurance or not right. situation, it could also cost you a lot of money to go to a regular doctor's office to do Absolutely. it. It seems like, you know, they figured out how to make it as easy as possible for the user. And and acknowledging that there's still a stigma 
and going into a doctor's office right. and asking for an HIV test True. may be hard for some people raising hand over here. Mm-hmm. Like, I, it's still it's still something, yeah, I have to think about it, but, like, as fast as my doctors retire and I have to get a new one, like, I'm tired of having conversations with them over and over again. Yes. And so, um, the f- literally, I don't, uh, how deep into conversation would have, like, I get a text message from them <laughs> every month, like, has anything changed? No. Okay, we're sending it out. Like, I just respond no, and I have another shipment coming in, like, two days. Yeah. So, like, like right now, like I said, I'm in my third month, so I have to do more te- – I have to do my testing. I have to get all my uh, results back, which are less than a week, and um, which sometimes are shorter than some HIV tests, um, just to be honest. Yeah. <laughs> like, sometimes you have to wait longer depending on your doctor, and um, – it's quick, easy, and like it says, free, because a lot of things are free based on if you have insurance or you don't have insurance. They have it worked out where they can cover that. So I'm like Mr.com. I know you hear me talk about it all the time, how I amazing do. it is, <laughs> because I do think it's amazing. It's an amazing system mm-hmm. just because I feel like more people should try it out just because more it, it's if you do have the feelings like you don't want to talk to a doctor about it or you can't you don't have insurance and you can't afford it definitely check out mr.com okay i'm on board i mean you know that i'm already on board oh yeah um i know that sounded a little lackluster but uh as somebody who couldn't wait for them to have birth control online and not have to go and deal with these judgmental ass old mm, nice doctors people. doctors <laughs> Medical <laughs> professionals who don't act like you have Listen, a vagina. Results may vary based on your race and also location in the United States of America. But uh, I would That's suggest that you're like, what? Different results? What? Doctors are different for different people? No. no. <laughs> but yeah, I do think it's amazing, and I think everybody should go to Mr. with no E. No E. I M I S T R. Dot com. All right, so we gave a lot of information. This episode's so obviously info. been longer than most episodes. Uh, we're both doctors at this point. I we're mean, PhDs. Seriously, yeah. PhDs. Yeah, we're like. But we're the like kind of PhD that would like put doctor their name and then PhD at the end. Plus whatever degrees, it's like a BA. <laughs> I want to put my associate's degree on there just because, like, and also I, I am also a minister, so oh, I that's have right. to. So I have so to he's add a my reverend doctor. And I'm a reverend doctor. <laughs> Oh, okay. Well, I hope that you guys find this information informational. And um, I really hope that this helps you think about HIV in a different way and maybe have gained some knowledge and maybe will treat somebody differently that has HIV. And maybe you can have more conversations about HIV. Did you know this episode was about HIV? I didn't, but thank you. And remember that to be beautiful and natural is the birthright of every woman. And I wish you all loads and loads of loveliness and good luck.